Amen. Has God been good to you? Amen. Somebody give him a hand clap this morning. Come on, y'all give him a clap of praise this morning. Amen. All that praising that was going up in this place today. Amen. I enjoyed it. Amen. When you're battling and when you're going through, amen, there's nothing like getting before God and praising his name. Amen. And the more you go through, this is what I learned. The more you go through in life, the more you should praise God. Y'all, can I say that one more time? <laughs> when your wife walk out on you, what you should do? If your husband walk out on you, what you should do? If your children are acting the way you raised them, what you should do? If they give you a pink slip, what you should do? If you got sickness in your body, what should you do? The Bible says, let everything that has breath in it. And notice, it didn't just say people. It said, let everything that's breathing praise God. How many of you ever read the book of Judges when the trees clap their hands and praise God? How many of you know God is able to make that chair praise him if you don't praise him? Jesus told them, they told them, be quiet. And he said, if you make them be quiet, he said, God is able to make those rocks cry out to him. Something is going to praise God. Now, you can let the devil make you focus on all of your problems and all of your adversities, all of the things you're going through. But if that speaker just start making a sound on his own, wouldn't you feel bad if you sitting there with breath in your body, clothes on, your mind working right? You ate breakfast this morning, you had gas in your car, and you come into the house of the Lord with no praise, and then all of a sudden the guitar just start playing on his own. All of a sudden, you see the keyboard just start moving like that. You hear the cymbals going off. The rocks just start singing unto God. The birds start chirping. And you sitting on your praise. Wouldn't that be a shame? But guess what God want them to praise it more than any bird, any stone, any keyboard? It's you. God created you to praise him. But that's why David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times. Are, are there any real worshipers in the house? Anybody got some problems in here that they need to be solved? Y'all all got problems, right? That's what's holding your praise back. But how many of you know that your problems can be solved if you just learn how to praise God? The devil got a mighty good trick that he used. And I'm learning that. He try to get you to focus on these earthly things and not focus on God. And that's why a lot of times people come to church, they're heavy. Instead of entering into the pray into God's gates. When you enter into those gates, and it's something, we got a gate around there. As soon as you come in that gate right there, your, your praise should hit your heart. Everybody not clapping their hands. I'm going to give y'all a moment to catch up. I'm going to give y'all a moment to get that heaviness off of y'all. Praise the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor on the right, praise the Lord. Tell somebody on your left, praise the Lord. Tell somebody behind you, praise the Lord. Tell somebody in front of you, praise the Lord. 
Now everybody on the count of three, yell praise the Lord. One, two, three. We're not going to let the devil keep our praise bottled up. Amen. I'm not going to let him keep my praise. Amen. So I'm excited. Amen. I know the enemy don't want this word out, but that's okay. We're going to get in prayer. Amen. I can feel the spirit of praise. Amen. I love to praise God. Amen. Because he's literally just been good to me. He's just been so good to me. The psalmist says, truly, God has been good to Israel. Can I get an amen on that? How many of you ate this morning or last night? Huh? Anybody in here didn't have a meal in the last 48 hours? Lift your hand if you didn't have food to eat. Look at that. Everybody ate. Everybody got clothes on, shoes on their feet. Y'all look like y'all been to some good barbers. That means you got a job to keep your little razor line like Steve Harvey. <laughs> I see some of y'all got y'all curls going on, got a little beautician money. Amen. Some of them come in with some fresh shoes, got a little. Now you tell me we don't have a reason to praise God. Some of y'all got y'all little makeup on. Amen. Got the little beards going on. God is good. Amen. Amen. Let us pray and praise our God. But no matter how bad it is, God is still good. Amen. Father, we bless you. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. God, we give you the glory and all of the honor. God, all of the praise. God, you're so good. Hallelujah. God, the Bible says your ways are past finding out. God, you encamp angels round about us, oh God. You surround us. Oh God, you protect us when we lie down. You protect us when we rise. God, you give us health and strength to work. God, to provide for our families, oh God. God, you give us wisdom and skill in our hands. God, to have careers. God, to take care of our little ones. God, you give us cars to travel, oh God. God, you give us homes to live in, oh God. God, you give us everything we need, oh God. You give us food to eat. God, you give us rain in due season, oh God. God, you cause the sun to shine, oh God. God, so that the crops can grow, oh God. God, you cause the sugar cane to flourish. God, so that all the residents can have food to eat. God, you cause the, the chickens, God, to reproduce, oh God. God, so that we can have food to eat, oh God. God, you give us wisdom, oh God, to build businesses, oh God. God, you create great ecosystems, oh God. God, so that we can have economies, oh God. God, you give us militaries, oh God, to protect our freedoms, oh God. God, you have given us everything we need, God. God, and you sent your son, oh God. God, to give us salvation, oh God. God, to save our souls, to redeem us, God, that we don't perish, oh God. God, you saved our souls from death, oh God. God, you snatched us out of a burning hell, oh God. God, in your tender mercy, oh God, you look down upon us, oh God. God, and let everyone in this building today, God, know, God, God, that you are ready to forgive, God. Father, that you are ready to heal, God. Father, that you are ready to strengthen, oh God. God, any one of your children, your precious children, God, that may be weak on this morning, oh God, strengthen them, God. 
God, touch them right now, God. God, give them the strength and the courage to carry on. Let them not be discouraged, oh God. Let them know, oh God, that their hope is in Jesus Christ. Because in you we live, we move, we have our being. Thank you, Father. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. You may take your seats. Hallelujah. How many of you excited about the Lord today? Amen. Has he been good to you? Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but truly the Lord has been good to me. And I'm thankful to be in this house one more time. Amen. Hallelujah. That's perfect right there. Thank you, sir. Amen. How many of you can use a good word on this morning? Amen. How many of your, your souls can just eat a good meal on today? Hallelujah. Thank God for our music team. Amen. Amen. Thank God for Brother Bill. Y'all give him a hand clap of welcome. Amen. Thank you, sir, for your services. We appreciate you. Thank God for you. Amen. And I want you to know, amen, be encouraged, amen, God has eternal life waiting on you. Amen. I know a lot of times we go through things in this world and we forget, we honestly forget, we really forget why we saved. And you're saved, amen, and God is going to bless you in many ways, but the number one reason you are saved is so that you can live forever with the Lord. But don't you ever forget that. Because I see many times the enemy make us quit and he'll make you give up so fast. Amen. And you forget that you're not in, in God just to sing and play instruments and all of these things. But you turn to Christ because he has promised us eternal life. Amen. So how many of you know eternal life is worth fighting for? The Bible says there's no more sorrow there. The Bible says there's no more pain there. But the Bible says there's no thief up there. How I many of you know no thief can break in up there and steal your money you work hard for? In the earth realm, they can hack your bank account. And they can go in there and, and, and you can scan your credit card at the gas station. And they can put things and read your credit card numbers. Amen. And they can go in there and, and people got to go to cryptocurrencies and all kind of things just to protect their assets. And people still find a way to hack in there and steal what you work hard for. But how many of you know where we're going? No thief can get up there. Amen. That's why he said lay up treasures in heaven where the thief can't go. They said neither the moth. How many of you know what the moth is? And corruption. Everything in the earth realm, it fades away as soon as it's created. Soon as you're born, you're mortal and you're moving closer to the expiration of your body. I don't care how great a building you build, the oxidation from the sun is going to make the roof fade. I don't care how great your house is, sooner or later it's going to decay and rot away. But there's an everlasting perpetual moth that's resting on this earth rim. And I don't care how great you build, amen, the, the surface. I don't care how, what material you build it with. But there's a moth that's going to get to it and it's going to fade away. 
And so Jesus said, don't labor for the meat that perish or the things that you labor for that's going to fade away eventually one day. He said, but labor for that meat that never perishes. He said, labor for that life that never dissipates. How many of you know when you make it on the other side? There is no sickness up there. How many of you know God has a tree up there that every time you get a fruit from it, it heals your body? The first tree that healed us, amen, there was a tree of life in the garden. And every time you walk up to it, you could have just grabbed the fruit and ate and been restored and lived. But when sin came in, God put an angel and he blocked that tree. And he said, I'm not going to let man live in an evil state, but I'm going to put an angel in front of this garden so that I'm going to keep them from getting to this garden. And everybody that comes in this world, death is upon them and the moth is in the earth. So we can't let our chase after things that's fading as soon as you grab it <laughs> I don't care how beautiful she is and you leave God for her beauty is going to fade the Bible says faithful is deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman that fears God that's what you should be asking God for <laughs> A lot of times we're taken out of Christ because somebody's handsome and they look good or they built the way we want them to be built and we forfeit the blessings of God and we go after the earthly things that's one day. See, I don't even look like I did when, I'm eight, when I was 18. Got gray in my beard. I wear glasses now. I got this that like it don't want to go away. No matter how hard I work, it's like that little bottom part. Just is like, I'm not going nowhere. You're old, son. That's called being a model. And we got to take our focus off temporal things and lock in. The Bible says, lay hold on eternal life. Everything you're struggling with right now, if you hang in there, one day you won't have to deal with it no more. You won't have to deal with somebody breaking your heart and cheating on you. You won't have to deal with coming to Christ and then the other person don't want to come to Christ. You won't have to deal with trying to drag your loved one behind you. The Bible says two going to be in the bed. One going to be taken and one going to be left. You better stop worrying about what your partner doing and get your mind locked in on laying hold on eternal life. You can't worry about what somebody else is doing. You got to lock in. Too many times we let our earthly relationships become weights that slow us down on what's really important. And the devil uses those earthly attachments to keep us swayed down. Amen. But somebody say, put them in God's hand and keep on moving. Lay hold on eternal life. So today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something the Lord Jesus has done. Amen. The title of this message today is Dismantling the Curse. Y'all write that down, please. Dismantling the Curse. Dismantling. How many of you know Jesus has dismantled the curse? Amen. And as I was looking at this, I was, the reason this is important. Well, I was graphics team, no day. I was stream team. We have some wonderful people God is connected to this. Hey, Amen. Just some wonderful people. I mean, from the announcements, the, the music, and ushers, greeters, social media team, the ministers, 
administrators. I mean, all of y'all just fantastic. Give yourself a hand clap. And if you're not engaged in anything, hey, man, there's room at the cross. There's a big old, I used to hear this term, a gospel plow. There's a big old gospel plow just waiting for some hands to grab it. Amen. So find you something to do in the kingdom of God, then you have some wonderful people that will work right there with you. And how many of you know connecting and doing things in the kingdom of God, that's a strength to your salvation? Because it helps you build relationships and friendships. And when you're going through things, the people you connect to in these different areas, they can be prayer partners with you. They can be counselors to you. They can be friends to you. So don't let the enemy make you stay disconnected and sit on the sideline. But somebody say, put your hand on the plow and don't look back. Amen. So let's go over here to the book of Galatians chapter 3. Amen. And the first part of this, I just want to share some. And God been going to share something with me. I didn't even, I forgot about it. How many of you heard that if you step on a crack, you break your mama back? <laughs> okay, I got your attention now. If you go under the ladder, you got bad luck. Do y'all heard things like that? What's some of the things y'all heard? Gree, gree. <laughs> some of y'all been going through so much, y'all think somebody got gree, gree on y'all. See, when, when, what she say, don't sweep what? See, don't sweep on my feet, I'm going to go to jail. See, in Louisiana, there's a lot of things that people believe in, horoscopes. How many of you know that Christians shouldn't be looking at horoscopes? Oh, man, I hope I don't lose somebody. <laughs> she said, I'm about to walk out. <laughs> Your life is not in the destiny of what the horoscopes say. Amen. Don't get the horoscope and say, oh, you're going to have a bad day and now you're sad. How many of you know when you live under the curse, you can allow these things to mess with your mind? But Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. I don't care what your horoscope say. If you're in Christ, the horoscope can say you're going to die in three days. And Jesus will say, but I am the resurrection. I am the life. They that believe in me shall live forever. Some people go eat Chinese food and wait for the fortune cookie. Let me see what the fortune cookie is. It's Louisiana. Look, I see some of them doing this. Pastor on it today, man. But a curse just simply means something. Let me give you this definition of what a curse is. And this is serious because when you're not in Christ, you are under a curse. Amen. And some people say, I got money, I can't be cursed. You can have money and need pills to go to sleep, have no peace. There is no peace to the wicked. I don't care how much money you have. See, you can have money, but another area of your life is going to be messed up. But you can have a lot of money in bad relationships. Am I preaching to somebody today? So we can't base blessings and cursing on what we have going on. But here's what a curse means. Number one is somebody that's detestable. Something hated. Under the jurisdiction of the kingdom of darkness. 
How many of you know that when you're living without Christ, there's only two working kingdoms in this world. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. If you're not in the kingdom of God, you're under the rule of the kingdom of darkness. And under the kingdom of darkness, that's where you can, I mean, your whole life can be cursed with poverty. You can be cursed with sickness. A lot of people don't believe that. But when Jesus walked in the temple, there was a woman bowed down and the woman was bowed over. And when Jesus looked at the woman, he didn't say, go see a doctor. He spoke to a spirit because that spirit had attached to that woman and it made that woman look humpback. It made that woman look humpback. And when that woman looked humpback, Jesus said, woman, you are loose. From your infirmity. Catch what happened. Then he began to lay down some legal rights. Okay? He told this woman, so they looked at him and they came at him and they went at him and they began to say, Why are you doing that on a Sabbath day? Oh, watch out now. He said, Shall not Abraham's daughter. Whom Satan has bound to be loose from this infirmity. Listen, either you're in the kingdom of God and the things of the kingdom of God govern your life or you're in the kingdom of darkness. Now, here's the here's the breach. You can be in the kingdom of God living a life that's reflective of somebody that's under the curse. I, I, I felt like I needed to say that again. I knew that was coming. <laughs> On paper. Now listen to me. Whenever somebody is born again, the Bible says born again, born into the kingdom of God. Then he used the term translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So you're either in the kingdom of darkness, everybody born, you under the kingdom of darkness. I don't care if you're born as a billionaire. You are under the jurisdiction of the kingdom of darkness. When you receive the spirit of God, you make a translation. You travel. You shift into the kingdom of God under new government, under new rules, under new authority. Now, here's what happens. When you receive the spirit of God and you're reborn, the Lord Jesus Christ has a book. And in that book, when you were born again, he writes your name in what's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, when you move into the Lamb's Book of Life, God dispatches angels to watch over you because you're in a new kingdom. And now that you're in a new kingdom, you're under new rule, you're under new protection, you're under new provision, you're under new government, a new sovereignty. Everything about your life is now heaven is responsible for you. Hey, now you can be in the kingdom of God on paper and stressed out like somebody in the kingdom of darkness. There is no stress in the kingdom of God, but you have stress in your life. On paper, God has freed you from the cares of this world and the anxieties and the sicknesses and the curses and all of these things. But you got to start doing something to make your life match up with the gospel. If your life is not reflective of the kingdom of God, how do you make your life reflect the kingdom of God? Paul gave this teaching right here. He said, be ye transformed... 
By the renewing of your mind. You can be in the kingdom of God and think like you're in the kingdom of darkness. If the kingdom of God tells you bless them that curse them, but you want to curse them that curse you, you are living in the kingdom of God with the mind of somebody in the kingdom of the world. So you have a responsibility now. This is why the devil don't want you buying dictionaries, concordances, and studying your Bible. He wants you to stay ignorant of the word. He wants you to get let mountains pop up in your life. And you don't even know that in the kingdom you can speak to a mountain and it has to obey you. In the kingdom of darkness, the mountain sits on you. In the kingdom of God, you speak to it and move it in the sea. He wants you to keep your Bible closed so that you don't learn how to function in the kingdom of God. He wants you to just get quotes off Facebook and and daily inspirations. But he don't want you dissecting and dividing that word. Because when you dissect and divide that word, then you start to walk like you rich when you broke. You start walking like you healthy when you sick because the kingdom say by your stripes I am healed. It hasn't manifested yet, but I'm in the kingdom of God. And if I keep on believing it, eventually what God has written will manifest itself. He don't want you to know by his stripes I'm healed. He wants you to go from doctor to doctor and pop pills and pop pills and complain about your sickness and walk around moping and use that sickness to rob you of your joy. Because how many of you know when you're sick, it, it affects your joy? It affects your quality of life. But in the kingdom of God, he said, by my stripes, I done already paid the price for you to be healed. See, you can be in the kingdom of God and living like you still cursed. Huh? You can be in God's kingdom on paper. In heaven's roll book, you in God's kingdom. You're supposed to walk around with joy unspeakable, full of glory. Telling everybody about Jesus and how good God is. But all the devil wants you to do is complain about your trials. And mope and not realizing God is going to work all of that out if you just stay walking with him. Somebody say, I'm not under the curse. But now I got to start living like it. There is no bondage in the kingdom of God. Why are Christians struggling to be free when the Bible say where the spirit of the Lord is? There's liberty. There's nothing that the devil can throw at you that should keep you bound in your mind, bound in your body, bound in your heart. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I don't care how strong it feels. I don't care how many generations it traveled to get to you. Where God's spirit is, you free from the curse. You free from it. Somebody say, I'm free from it. And all is influence. I got to preach a message like this so that can get in your mind. Because a lot of you living in the kingdom, but you live, you, your attitude is like you under the curse. See, when you're in the kingdom, Paul say we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. It says in the kingdom I may be cast down, but I'm not destroyed. See, things that's in the kingdom can't be destroyed. 
If God give you a vision, it can't be destroyed. You can't curse what God has blessed. Oh, man. See, these curse, this cursing thing is very deep. It's a lot deeper than what you realize. Because those things, a curse is real. How many of you ever felt like, man, I can't catch a break? Seem like things just not going my way. Well, you should feel like that before Christ. But once you get in Christ, all things work together for good. See, there's two minds. There's two minds. <laughs> See, before Christ, you could feel like I can't catch a break. Somebody put something on me. I got a hit. Somebody, something wrong. But in Christ, you say all things work together for them that love God. That's called according to his purpose. I don't understand it. I, I don't know why he's doing it. I don't get it yet, but I'm in God. So some kind of way, there's a reason for this. There's a purpose for this. There's an explanation for this. Though I don't know it yet. Let me get myself to church. Maybe I just need to hear a word. God, I don't know why this sickness is upon me. But what you do know is not unto death. God, I'm not finished with my purpose yet. I'm not finished with my calling yet. God, we and me and my wife haven't walked in our ministry yet so this thing is not here to take me out can't take me out can't why because the wages of sin is death and I'm not in sin so I can't get paid wages for something I'm not in Oh, the devil don't want you educated. <laughs> I'm going to educate you today. Amen. Oh, yeah, we're going to learn this thing here. So let's look at this Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. If you have a regular Bible, please underline being made a curse for us. Oh, man, that's so beautiful what Christ did. For it is written... Cursed is every man that hangs on a tree. That the, this is why he did it. So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. What is that passage telling me? The law said anything that's put up on a tree is cursed, right? If it hang on a tree, it's cursed. The cross was a tree made out of wood. So Christ became a curse. Now listen to this. When he became a curse, that means he could be subject to death. Now the key word in this passage is the word redeemed. Here's what redeemed means. This is what makes Christ so beautiful to me. Redeemed means this. Come see, Eli. I got to show what redeemed me. Okay, this guy right here, okay, let's say he was a murderer. Let's say he was a drug dealer, fornicator. Uh, let's say all of these things he did, okay? He deserved to get hung on that tree. Oh, yeah, that's what he deserved because he, by court's legal charges he committed things worthy of being put on that tree that was his just penalty now 
Because he committed those things, he falls under the control of the kingdom of darkness. When you walk in sin, you give the kingdom of darkness legal right to you. He has the legal right to bring depression upon you. He has the legal right to bring sickness upon you. Y'all don't believe the devil can make people sick? Ask Job. Ask, ask, ask Job about Job. Some of y'all say the devil can't make me sick. Ask Job. He'll tell you when he was minding his business and all of a sudden balls and things popped up on his flesh. God didn't do that. The Bible says Satan moved God against Job for no reason. So this guy did all of these things worthy of being put on that tree. Now here's what the kingdom of darkness tells God. Okay. The only way you can buy this man back is I need something of equal value. That word redeems means to buy back, to purchase, to recover. Okay? So think about all of the sins you ever did. You forgiven of them, so don't worry about them. You're not, like, you, you clean. But just think about every violation you ever did against the word of God. Okay, you are this guy, this innocent guy. Come see, brother Jason. Now you got an innocent man. Come over here a little bit. You got an innocent guy, Jesus Christ. This guy violated the word, deserved to be put on a tree. The kingdom of darkness rules over his life. This guy, not one violation ever. Not one. The Bible say in him was no sin, but not in his mind, in his body, in his thoughts, nowhere. The kingdom of darkness says this. This was the deal. Okay, God, I'll tell you what. You can have your creature back, your creation, you can have him back, but somebody got to pay for what he did. <laughs> you can't just get away clean. Somebody got to pay for him going on Simcoe. Somebody got to pay for him running around with somebody else's wife. Somebody got to pay for that. And as soon as the payment is made, you ever seen a movie where something was stolen? And then he said, give me two million dollars, I'll give you your child back. Well, to get him back cost more than two million dollars. The ransom was God's only begotten son. <laughs> That's what the ransom for your sin was. <laughs> And it had to be a lamb without a spot, without a blemish, untouched, unspotted. The blood had to be so pure that the devil couldn't, because he's the accuser of the brethren. That's why when Jesus came, he was trying to dirty up the sacrifice so that the sacrifice wouldn't be expensive enough to buy the man back. So he spent all that time, 33 years, trying to dirty the sacrifice up. The sin of the whole world was residing on what he did. God put all of your sin on Jesus' shoulder. And if he would have messed up, the ransom couldn't be paid. The Bible say the sin of the whole world was upon him. Every man that ever lived was counting on him to not sin. So that that blood can be taken back to glory, pure, and offered up to God to buy you back. So what Jesus had to do, 
Even though he was not guilty, never been to Simcoe, Miami Moon, none of these places, trail rides, pop pills, Molly's, cocaine, tooted lines. He never did any of those things. But he had to get on that cross like he did it all. And when he got on that cross, he became a curse. When he got on that cross, he became a curse. And when he became a curse, he was so pure. He was so holy. He was so powerful. It couldn't even hold him. You, it could hold. But he was so clean. Y'all got to understand something. When Jesus descended, y'all can be seated. Thank you. When Jesus went to hell. Three days, he said, three days, three nights, I'm going to be in the heart of the earth, 72 hours. The Bible said he tasted death for every man. But he was so pure. The Bible said that hell couldn't hold something that wasn't worthy of being there. So when he, the Bible says that when he descended, the earth started quaking. Y'all ever read that? Because he was so pure and powerful when the earth was opening up to receive him. Everything started shaking. And it was so powerful, the veil in the temple rent. Boom! And the Bible said he let out a loud cry and he gave up the ghost. And he was so pure. See, some of you can't go through hell and keep preaching. See, some of you, <laughs> when you get in the fire, your praise is gone. <laughs> your singing is gone. <laughs> your witness is gone. This man got in hell in the core of the earth and he found somebody to preach to. And you can't preach when your husband don't want to be with you no more. <laughs> when your wife don't want you no more, you don't want to preach no more. You only want to sing when everything is going your way. And this man got in 72 hours thousands of degrees he was still so on fire for God he looked at the spirits that was taken in the flood and started preaching to him can you preach in hell when preaching is in your bones when singing is in your bones when winning souls is in your bones, you can't let the hell you go through stop you. Soon as the church go through something, I quit. One good temptation, I ain't singing no more. This man was in the heart of the earth preaching. And he was preaching to people that was dead already. People that look like you didn't even think they had a chance to get out. See, when you're a professional kingdom worker, you're going to preach to everybody. You can't judge if you think they're going to come out. You just preach the word and let God go from there. Oh, ah, she too bad. Oh, she been a prostitute. Oh, she a hooker. Oh, no, he hooked on drugs. Oh, you don't have the right to judge. All God wants you to do is be a voice. God just needs somebody that's willing to open their mouth. 
And not just open your mouth when things are going your way. Open your mouth when you just got fired. God's still good. Man, you know, you, you still need to be saved. I don't work here no more, but you still need to be saved. It might, my number, God gonna give me another job. I ain't worried about that. See, you walk right on out of there. God gonna bless me. I ain't worried about that. But you coming to church Sunday? See, the devil used our trials to shut our mouth. Oh, man, I don't want to. Oh, it's too hard. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh. Soon as I turn to God, look like all kind of things. Man, I'm not sure. Jesus like. That's why you need to read your Bible. <laughs> you read your Bible and see what I went through to give you a chance to be saved. You wouldn't be so quick to jump out of here. That man was preaching in hell. Burning and preaching. When your trials get fiery, can you still burn and preach? He was burning and preaching. See, some of y'all, y'all start burning and can't get nothing. <laughs> All your confidence rattled. Ever you're shaking, you're wobbling. But when you get the spirit of Christ in you, you're going to burn and preach at the same time. And you're going to preach to people that you don't even know if they're going to come out. You just don't preach. You're going to be like Jeremiah. You know, I'm tired of preaching. Every time I preach, it put me in jail. It make me get trials. It cost me jobs. I ain't saying as soon as you see somebody need Jesus. But you know what, man? Man, I said I was. Look, baby, let me tell you, I remember when I was in your shoes. See, when you really love God, you can't stand to see people going through and you stop preaching because you're going through. If you really love the Lord, then your mind is really on saving souls. Don't let the devil make you stop preaching because it's hot in your life right now. Somebody needs Jesus. Open your eyes. Look around you. People all over need the Lord. That's a trick. He try to make you focus on what you're dealing with and shut your mouth. Lord have mercy, Jesus. <laughs> One day I'm going to tell y'all some of the journeys I've been on and still kept preaching. <laughs> See, a lot of people, they can quote the Bible. Quote it. It's easy to quote it. Quoting is easy. But when that word starts trying to become flesh in your life, it starts to become part of you. When it's trying to become part of your nature, the only way it can become part of your nature, he told the prophet Jeremiah, he said, get over there to that potter's house. See, when God got you on that potter's wheel and he's trying to turn you from a quota to a liver. See, when he's trying to get you from just quoting to living. When you're on that potter's wheel and then you think you got it all together and God say, you know what? I don't even like how that look. Another trial. God say, we didn't get that part of the house right. Let me just, nah. And you like, man, I came out of the storm, but God see one little boy he don't like. He say, uh-uh. Because you in the potter's hand. 
Lord Jesus. Man, I feel like preaching. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm not going to stop preaching. I'm not going to stop singing. I'm not going to stop playing. I'm not going to stop testifying. Now, y'all in the mood right now, but I'm about to tell you the hook. She said, say the hook. She paying attention. She said, let me, she said, let me make sure I want to take this journey. Somebody say, no matter how hot it get. I'm not letting y'all get away. Let me screenshot y'all saying that. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. Pastor, I give up. Remember what you said Sunday? I'm going to snap all of y'all and caption it. That preacher said, I'm in the fire right now on the front row. No fake news. Boy, I love that. <laughs> See that? No matter how hot it get, you got to stay in the game. You can't be a soldier that fight only when it's going your way. I'm going to tell you that right now. You don't know what sometimes this can cost. I mean, living for Christ, you don't know what. I mean, it can, it can cost you all the way up to the point of you being a martyr. A martyr is the highest reward in any religion. When you become a martyr for what you believe in, that's the highest level of sacrifice in any religion. Up to martyrdom, you can, I mean, it can cost you that much. Lord Jesus. Praise God. I hope I'm helping somebody today. So the Bible says we have redeemed from the curse. Let me just go to 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 16 and 22. Now this is something I got to break right quick. I got to break this. This is powerful in Louisiana. I'm going to give you some context to it. I'm going to give you some context to this. 1 Corinthians 16 and 22. Y'all listen to this good. Here's the Apostle Paul. Look what he says. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. That word anathema means a thing devoted to to God without hope of being redeemed. Anathema means you can't be saved. But there's no hope of redemption for you. But the only way you fall in that category is if you don't love the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody can curse you if you love Jesus. I don't care where you worship, where you live, where you go, what you drive. If you love the Lord Jesus Christ, anathema don't apply to you. Sorry. You know, there's people that's scared to come to life change because they think they got this up on them. God told me to go in the public and say the devil is a lie. 
if you love Jesus, nobody can curse you. Paul said the curse is upon you if you don't love Jesus Christ. Learn your Bible. Know your word. If you don't love Jesus, there's no hope for you being saved. But if you love Jesus Christ, Paul was not talking to you. Now the word Maranatha means this. Judgment is coming your way. So Paul is saying, Anathema, you curse. Maranatha means judgment is coming your way if you don't love Jesus Christ. So if you love Jesus Christ, that don't apply to you. You've got to know your word. You can't just take me telling you what the Bible say. Open up your Bible and say, God, show me in the Bible. That old lady that's got a reputation from being a, a witch. She can't do you nothing if you love Jesus. In the diaspora, when a lot of those people came from West Africa, they brought voodoo with them. <laughs> and they brought that to Louisiana. And when they brought that to Louisiana, it became very, very popular. New Orleans, bottom Mississippi, all of these areas. And there were some people that had reputations for tapping into those things. Now, when you're under the rule of the kingdom of darkness, these things can affect your life. But once you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't care if voodoo traveled all the way from Ghana. When you love the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't care if they call it the West Atlantic slave trade, the diaspora. I don't care what it is. When it comes to Christ, Mother Divine, Sister Black is broken. I seen down the Brobridge Highway, they had some little things. I remember that one time they had psychics. <laughs> See, a lot of people don't know, believe those things real. Man, let me go into see. I can feel the devil. I can feel him. Do <laughs> so you ever been cutting grass and they had a wasp nest over there? <laughs> and you didn't know it was there and you hit that wasp nest? I could feel that the kingdom of darkness, I could feel a little rumble. I could feel him getting a little upset. This is why he say, Paul, I know. Peter, I know. Because when they started preaching like this, they started recording. See, I know he know me because I ain't scared of him. It don't matter what it costs me. I done lost all kind of things standing for Jesus. Don't even matter no more to me don't even matter no more I'm just buying my time till I get out of here just buying time till it's time to check out scared of nothing no more the only thing I fear is not pleasing God Jesus said, don't fear him that can destroy your body. Then after that, they don't have no more power. He said, but I tell you who to fear. Fear the one that can take your body and your soul and destroy. He said, yea, I say unto you, fear him. Other than that, there's nothing to fear. Ain't no gri-gri gonna work on you. 
But they took that all away from Ghana and brought that here and got people scared. And when you become a Christian, you can't be doing that. I'm going to park right there. I'm waiting. John tried that. John said, curse them. They don't worship with us. Curse them. Jesus said, hold on. Hold on, my boy. Slow it down. I didn't come to destroy men's life. Uh, that's not what I came to do. I didn't come to cut everybody off. I didn't come to condemn. I didn't come to judge. He said, there's a day coming for me to reckon with all the sins. But in this hour, it's the day of salvation. Now is the day of salvation, the seventh year of the Lord. It's not the time to destroy people. That day will come. It's not right now. See, Christians can't be trying to uh, practice that either. Huh? Poacher guys. Got all kind of names. <laughs> trying to put something on somebody. You can't put nothing on me. I live for Jesus. <laughs> the curse applies when I walk outside of what Christ said. <laughs> Oh my God. This is the Bible. Now let me show you. So let's go over here to Deuteronomy. Let me show you how God feels about these things. See, the Bible speaks to everything. Somebody say we dismantling the curse. Somebody say, I'm going to commit to transforming my mind, <laughs> to renewing my mind, so that my life transforms to look like I live in the kingdom of God. That's your commitment. Deuteronomy 18. All right. Well, I feel like y'all getting something out of this today. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Deuteronomy 18. Verse 9 to 14. Christ has redeemed us. Somebody say, no more horoscopes. <laughs> she covered her face. <laughs> Trust God. God got you. You don't have to look to that. You got a more sure word you can build your life on. You, you don't have to. That's men writing that to sell papers and, and all. That's men making merchandise. Trust God. Build your life on God. You don't have to be afraid to all oh, the horoscope say something bad gonna happen today. The horoscope said I'm gonna get married. And you the devil can see you believing in the horoscope and send you the wrong person. <laughs> I like her. She preaching with me. Enjoy yourself. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 14. When thou art coming to the land which God gives you, or when you transfer into the things of God, thou shalt not learn to do after the abomination of those nations. And now he's going to show you what was abominable. There shall not be found among you 
anyone that marks his son or daughter to pass through the fire or that uses psychics, horoscopes, divination, or an observer of times. Lord Jesus, I'm trying to help Louisiana. <laughs> I'm trying to help Louisiana. But don't put your life in anything but the word of God. You don't have to observe times, <laughs> divinations, psychics. We don't need any of that. Look what he said. Or enchanters. Who enchanters? Saying the same thing over and over, trying to put a spell on you. Chanting on you. That's witchcraft. There is no enchantment against the children of Israel. I need to should I got an amen right there. I don't care if you chant 14 billion times. If I love the Lord Jesus Christ, Aranatha Marathena don't apply to me. I can break as many wishbones as I want to. I can step on as many cracks as I want to. I can walk under the ladder if I need this is the quickest route for me to get where I'm going. I'm not about to avoid the ladder because I'm worried about I'm going right under that ladder. Or I might just throw it out of my way. I do whatever I want. I'm in the kingdom of God. Sweep on my foot, Shannon. <laughs> I'm going to move it, but I'm not going to move it because I'm scared for you to hit it with a broom. Sweep where you want to sweep. Just say excuse me, I'm going to get out your way. God is against all of these things. Lord have mercy. Or which? Boy, that's deep right there. Can I, can I just hit that for about just a quick little jab, just a Floyd Mayweather, just a bomb. A witch is when you try to use your influence to make somebody believe you because of who you are. That's what Peter tried in the book of Galatians. And Paul said, who has bewitched you? Paul, he said, you know the truth is right in front of you, and you're going to let Peter come and put racism in you, and I already told you, different? Look what he called him. Oh, foolish. Anytime you let somebody influence you, and God has put the truth right in front of you, that's called a foolish Galatian. Witches don't just ride on brooms for Halloween. You know, Halloween, they get their little broom with their little long. No, a witch is somebody using authority, abusing power. God is against that. But I feel like somebody getting free. Hallelujah. The Bible answered. Then he said, a charmer. Y'all gonna have to look some of this up. I can't park. <laughs> I can't park on every word. <laughs> he say park on all of them. <laughs> she said put it in neutral. That's my girl right there. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> she said don't move. <laughs> Praise God. Or wizard, or necromancer, consulting with the dead. Y'all, when they dead, they dead. <laughs> they gone. 
they gone. Let me tell y'all that one more time. I love y'all, but I got to tell y'all, they dead. They not come and grab your toe. They not watching over you. They don't have no more influence over you. They are gone. Because they that pass over there can't come back to you. And you can't go meet them. They gone. You can't consult with them for advice. Oh, my God. Some the devil make you say, I sure wish my grandma was here so she could. She gone. Find you somebody that's godly with the spirit of wisdom in them that can give you advice. You don't need no nostalgia. A nostalgia is a trick. Do you know what nostalgia is when you're wishing for things in the past? And a lot of times you can go through things and you start remembering better days and you go back and you park right there. But it's gone. It's gone. Forge a new path. Meet new people. Get new friends. Reconnect. Pray. See, confidence is the enemy of progress. <laughs> See, when you get comfortable, it's easier to part versus going forward. It's easy to, comf- to part. And if you say you never thought about parking, because you're comfortable, you're lying. Because that's the flesh just won't comfort. But God is trying to bring you into his absolute best for you. But you'd rather settle for this little moment of comfort right there. Nobody say, we can't talk to the dead. No more horoscopes. <laughs> no more being under the influence of a witch. No Ouija boards, familiar spirits, tarot cards. Boy, y'all rolling today, boy. Ooh, boy, the devil like, man, they just busting everything up. Y'all, Christ redeemed us from all of these things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Acts 19. Let me show you something. Boy, I feel good in here. Y'all feeling good? Y'all comfortable? Everybody okay? Praise God. Feel good. Hallelujah. Acts 19, 16 to 20. This is what the gospel is supposed to make you do right here. All right? Y'all ready? And the man in whom the evil spirit was, it leaped on him, and it overcame them, and it prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. That's what I'm doing. I'm magnifying the Lord Jesus. And when Jesus is magnified, many believed, and they came. And they confess their deeds. Some of you, you're going to have to admit that you've been letting the things of the kingdom of darkness impact the way you think. Because if you don't own up to it, then you don't admit that you've been allowing the things under the curse to impact you, you won't get free from it. But if you hear the word of the gospel and you acknowledge, you know what? I was guilty of some of that. You got to say, God, that was me, but I did it ignorantly. Ignorantly. 
See, when you walk out of here, you can't say that you didn't know better. Now you got to walk out and say, God, I did it in ignorantly. That was a tradition that was handed down in my neighborhood from my godmother, whomever. But now that I know I don't have to let those things impact my life, I repent of it. I'm not under the curse no more. And show that these. Now, this is how you know when you're really serious. Many of them also which used curious arts. They brought their books together and they burned them before all men. See, when you really ready to serve Christ right, you ain't nothing to hide. Because the things that had you bound, say, God, this is my area of bondage. I need you to free me from this. The Bible said they brought their deeds and they told God, this is what I let happen. Help me. And look what they did, Lord Jesus. See, now I'm about to help you get free. Boy, I can feel a devil mad at me. How'd I feel? I like that. <laughs> War in the camp. Wow, I like that, boy. I can feel it. I guess he got something he's trying to whip up for me. Huh? All right. Bless him. Okay. Hallelujah. That's why you got to take a lot of blows. See, been in the battlefield a little while now, over 20 years, and I took some blows. Had some blows that will make you doubt being saved. Matter of fact, I even back, went back in the world early in my salvation. Hey, man, that flesh started coming, and you just like, man, I, I heard a good message in that revival, and it pricked my heart. I was in New Orleans in college, and I heard that word, and... It pricked my heart. Pastor Tucker came out there. He was preaching. And when he was preaching, it touched me. He came in revival on campus. And then when I, I say, man, that's, well, I need to get right. But I didn't count the cost. <laughs> I didn't realize that I couldn't go to them clubs no more. I had to stop. I, I didn't see it pricked me. And I say, man, I'm going to give my life to God. But when I got home that summer, whoo, <laughs> when I got home that summer, got back in that familiar environment, I fell off. I told Lee one night, man, pick me up. Run in the house, got dressed, come outside, he left me. Asked him one day, man, what? He say, man, I know you was trying to be saved. I didn't want to take you out there. You need people like that in your life. You need people around you that's going to look out for you when you're not in your own, when your bearings not straight. Sometimes you need somebody to pull you out of the fire and hit you in the chest and say, get it together. Praise God. So I understand sometimes in, on this way you can wobble and second guess and reconsider. But you got to hang in there. So they brought their books. And this was no, and it says, and they burned them before all men. So you got to burn every trace 
If you want to be successful in Christ, you can't have no traces of that old life. Like you can't have no traces. You've got to get new friends. You can't just say, I'm a, no, I'm going to keep that number. No, get it out of there. Like, no, like no burn ever, no trace of it. Because if you leave a trace of it, it's going to be something the devil used to bring you back. So they burned it. Praise God. And they, they, look, they were so involved in it, they counted the price of them. These books total 50,000 pieces of silver. Sound like Louisiana. <laughs> See that? 50,000 pieces of silver worth of books trying to dabble in the kingdom of darkness. Sound like in Louisiana, huh? Amen. Sound like Louisiana right there. But how many of you know we're free from that? If you want to be free and take advantage of Christ redeeming you from under the curse, burn everything. Tell, lose my. Sometimes you not. You just, sometimes you may have to go to AT and T and get a new phone number. Sometimes when you're really battling, you have to do what they call getting off the grid. Anybody know what that means to get off the grid? Change your number, no Facebook, Instagram, uh, all that. And sometimes you just got to say, you know what? I just need a space to just gather myself. Sometimes you got to get off the grid so you can be strong in God. Amen? You got to do what's best for your salvation. So they burned all those books. And then after that, when you start burning every trace of where you come from, the word of God will not only grow mightily in you, but it'll start to prevail in your life. And a lot of times the word can't prevail in your life because you got traces of the old in your life. And the only way the ground becomes good ground is when there's no weeds, no trace of anything blocking the word of God from prevailing and, and being fruitful in your life. Amen. All right. Y'all give God a hand. Praise. Amen. As I get ready to wrap this up. Amen. Let me go to this last passage. Amen. Y'all. Amen. Come on. Give him another hand. Praise. Somebody say, I'm not under the curse. Yes, that's a happy, that's, that's good news. That, that, that the devil can't just make your hard-earned money disappear. Y'all heard what I just said? You're not under the curse. When you're giving unto God and you're serving in the kingdom, you're blessed. Amen? Let's go to this last passage over here. Amen. Y'all forgot to help me do outreach today. How many of y'all did y'all check in today? All right. We forgot about that. That's all right. Praise God. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 5. This is where we're going to end up. Mark chapter 5. Praise God. Mark chapter 5. And we're going to end up right here. Hallelujah. Mark 
All right, if you have it, say amen. All right, praise God. All right. And this story just shows you how this is what you can't miss. When you are transitioning from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God, it can be violent. It can be violent. Why is it so violent to transition? Because we, when we entangle ourselves with different practices and different behaviors, they get in us. They get in us. And they become part of our character. They become part of our makeup. We become known by our behaviors. Hey, man, if you go over here, he got the weed. That's the pill man. He know where the hot club. So when you get entangled in things, you become people identify you by different sins you got engaged in. Amen. So, and not only that, the devil don't want to let you go. The kingdom of darkness is not going to just sit back and watch you transition to the kingdom of God. Amen? So, it gets violent. That's why a lot of times you see at the altar people crying and you got to get baskets and the napkins, makeup all over. Hell, because that's a, that's a, that's a direct conflict of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness at war. So that's why a lot of times when you don't allow yourself to your emotions, when you hear the word of God and it touches your spirit and you don't and you quench that because you might get embarrassed. You don't want people to see you cry. You don't want people to see you vulnerable. You don't want people and you leave bound because the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness colliding is violent. Some of them bondages is that you got entangled in, they're not going away just by you saying, Lord, I confess you and I believe you. But what happens is, so Jesus came and they had a man, the Bible said he was in the tombs. Y'all remember the story? And the Bible say, listen, the spirit had took so much control of his life that he went to the tombs. The reason he went to the tomb is because he wanted to die. So he started cutting himself. He was trying to die. Sometimes you can do self-destructive behavior, but God won't let you die because he's not finished with you yet. So Jesus came in when he saw that man. The man went from cutting himself, crying at night, in the tombs, ready to die when he saw Jesus. Now look at what happened. Three, I, I want to highlight three things. The anointing that was upon Jesus, he was able to perceive it. His soul, his soul perceived. So he began to cry out to Jesus. But the demon that was in him started talking to Jesus. Then the demon said, have you come to torment me before the time? So the man was in there, he recognized his help, but then the demon stood up and said, you're not getting away that easy. But that's why when you come to the altar, you're here, you're not ready to give it up. Don't turn. 
What about this? What about him? What about the one you was with last night? What about this relationship? What, because he's in your mind. He don't want to let you go. And so that spirit started talking. And Jesus looked at him. And Jesus said, what is your name? Listen to this. There was a lot of principles in it. He said, legion. Because it's a lot of us. You, one man is so valuable that the devil put about 72,000 spirits in him just to keep him from getting a God. That man had thousands of spirits in that one man. One person is that valuable that Satan will try to put thousands of spirits in you just to keep you from God. And the Bible say when Jesus said that, then the spirits, Jesus started to tell them, come out of the man. And the spirits say, well, where are we going to go? And they had pigs over there, the Bible say. And Jesus, they, the, the spirits say, well, let us go in the pigs. This is how much authority that Jesus had. Jesus could have told Legion, I don't even want to talk to you. But he wanted people to see how, how bad the devil want to keep them in sin. So he made the spirit talk as a message to you to show you it's not going to be that easy to get away when you're trying to get away. Did it for a reason. So whenever Jesus started to free the man, he told him to come out of the man. Now listen to this. Listen to this. You got to get this. So let's just say you had 72,000 spirits in there. Okay. Now look what the Bible says. It says when a spirit leave out of a man. Okay. But Jesus freed that man. He took that spirit out of that man. But the Bible says the unclean spirit, it leaves out of the man and then it starts to travel. What is it traveling to do? It's trying to find rest. Rest means a willing vessel that's going to open up and let me come in. And when he knocked on your door and you open yourself up to him, then he'll come in there. But let's say he's traveling, traveling, traveling. And everywhere he go, he knocked, he knocked, he knocked, and nobody opened up. The Bible says he's going to come back to visit you. Because now your house is swept. It's clean and it's garnished. You gave your life to God and he freed you from some things. So the devil don't just jump back in you. Look what he do. Oh. Stop praying. Oh. Oh, she don't read. Oh. She don't want to witness. No. Oh. Ready to stop singing. Oh, he don't want to preach. Okay. He go find seven more. Why? Because he say, I let them go the first time. But obviously what I had up on them wasn't strong enough. So I'm not coming back with the same force. This time I'm coming back seven times stronger than I was. So think about if 72,000 demons was in legion. It's math, y'all. When he left him, 
He went fine. He wanted to come back to that man and bring. So seven times. So what's seven times? Golly, 490. Boy, that's a lot of spirits. Somebody say you can play with sin if you want. <laughs> Don't be like the pig that God washed. And then you go back to the mud. But if you free, stay free. Stay free. Because the next time, you just might not get back to God. Amen. You might not make it back. Because he's not trying to let you just go, go, come back, go, come back. No. Every time, he, every time you get away from him, he's trying to make sure that when he come back, if you let him back in, He's going to make you worse. The Bible say the last state of that man is worse than the first state. That's what the Bible say. So be encouraged. I don't care how hard your fight is. Stay in the kingdom. Because what happens is the kingdom starts off like a mustard seed. But it's going to grow in you. One day you're not going to be weak like you are right now. One day you're going to be a big old tree, Jesus said. And your relatives and your co-workers, they're going to come and lodge in your branches. You're not going to struggle all your Christian life. You're just being made into a servant of God right now. You got to get experiences so that when people come behind you, you can connect with them and have empathy to minister to them. So you got to go through the fire. Amen. Praise God. I hope the word blessed you today. Hallelujah. I hope the word blessed you today. Hallelujah. I hope the word blessed you today. Somebody say, I'm not under the curse. Christ has redeemed me from under the curse. And somebody say, I will renew my mind by studying my Bible until my whole life is transformed and I look like I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I really feel like the Spirit of God spoke to us today. Hallelujah. We want to pray with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And some of you, there's some specific things that we're going to pray for you at the altar. Amen. That God is going to break off of you. Praise God. Amen. So I want to invite you to come up to the altar for prayer. Amen. 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 I want to invite you to come meet me at the altar. Amen. If you need to give your life to the Lord. Amen. Never underestimate being filled with the Spirit of God. Sometimes you may come to the altar and give your life to God and you may not get the Holy Ghost. Amen. But once you give your life to the Lord, you become a disciple. And once you become a disciple of God, a disciple of Christ, amen, then you got to stay in there. Amen. And I don't care how long it takes you to get the Holy Ghost. You seek God. John said, I baptize with water. He said, but there's one coming after me that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So all of these at the altar, amen. I want you to bow your heads with me today. Hallelujah. And I'm going to help you. Say, Father, any sin that I have done in your sight, I repeat. I give my heart to you today. I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to turn from this world and give myself to you. I'm no longer under the curse. You redeemed me from the curse. You died for my sins, Lord Jesus. I believe that today. You have forgiven me of my sin. I believe that today. And when I walk out of here, I'm going to walk in newness of life. And now, God, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power that I can obey you, that I can please you. Hallelujah, Lord. Lift up your hands to him right where you are. Hallelujah. And God is going to strengthen you. Help me pray with them, y'all. Let's lay hands on them. The Bible said, and they laid hands on them, and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I need everybody helping me pray today. Hallelujah. We got many people up here that need prayer. Amen. Amen. Help me pray. I need everybody helping me pray. Father, I thank you, God. We thank you. Come on. I need everybody helping me pray. Come on. People turning to the Lord, and they need to be saved. Thank you. Come on, lift up your hands. Amen. Call up on Jesus. Call up on Jesus. Come on, come on. The harvest is plentiful. Souls are turning to the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, let us labor in the harvest of God. Father, we thank you right now, God, for these souls, God. God, that are turning to you, God, at the word, God. God, souls, God, that are giving their lives to you, God. God, I pray for them, God. God, I pray for them right now, my Lord God. Fill them with your spirit, God. Fill them with your power, God. Pour out of your spirit upon them right now, God. Seated in Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, say, don't worry about what you're going through. Let's labor at this altar. Come on, let us pray with the people of God. Yes. 
power of sin is broken. Yes, God. Peace overcame. Yes, oh. yes, yes. Every yoke destroyed. He is the one I freedom. Jesus. Yes, come on, that's it. Yeah. Uh-huh.